Hello everyone, welcome to Slides Golf Talk. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss the Ryder Cup. This is the 43rd Ryder Cup. This year's Ryder Cup will be held at Whistling Straits. You all know that course. That's the course where DJ had his um, bunker, non-bunker issue a few years back. So he's going to be familiar with the course. I think this year's Ryder Cup is going to be very exciting for a number of reasons. But before we go into detail about what's going to make it an exciting Ryder Cup, let's go over the players for each side. So for the USA side, we have Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Shuffler, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, we have Patrick Cantley, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shuffler, I can never say his last name correct, Daniel Berger, Harris English, Tony Finau, and Brooks Kepka. Now you notice there that um, I said Bryson DeChambeau is the first listing and Bush kept in the last listing. That's actually how they have it listed on the USA's Ryder Cup page in that format. I don't know why they didn't want to put those guys' names next to each other. I, I mean, we have to figure that one out. But we'll have that discussion later on. And for the European side, we have Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Sergio Garcia, Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, Roy McElroy, Ian Poulter, John Rahm, Lee Westwood, and Bern Wiesberger. And there you have it. Those are the two lineups for the USA and the European teams. That's, those are the matchups. Very interesting, some of the players that I listed there. Um, I'll start with the USA side. I think we have a pretty good squad. I think the players, we have young players, of course. Um, missing on the USA side is Phil Mickelson. So I want to know what do you guys feel, or how do you guys feel about Phil not being part of the Ryder Cup this year? He did win a major. But I know he's up in age. He's not playing the best golf right now. And I think that's what played the part in Steve Stricker not picking him. Because he's not playing his best golf right now. But again, he did win a major. And if you all recall the last couple of years, they picked him because they didn't want to mess up a streak. They wanted to keep, they wanted to be respectful. But there's got to be a balance there between being respectful and not leaving off a legend like Phil Mickelson. But you always you also want to defend your home turf and not lose the Ryder Cup because you know we were trying to not hurt someone's feelings. So I think what Steve Stricker did was uh, the best decision for the team. I don't think that Phil should have been on the team this year. Unfortunately for him, unfortunately for us, that we won't get to see Phil and his dramatics on the course this year on the, as, it, as it relates to the Ryder Cup. But I don't think Phil deserved a, a pick there. And also missing from the USA side is Captain America, a.k.a. Patrick Reed. And I think we know there's a there's multiple reasons of why he didn't make the team this year. First, we start off with health. The first part of the FedEx Cup Championship, 
he missed the first two or three tournaments. He made it to the finals um, by the skin of his, you know, his tooth. But he he's coming off of COVID. Not saying that that's going to hinder his round, but I don't think Steve Stricker wanted to take that risk. That's one of the reasons, because of his health. And the other reason, I believe, is just my opinion, is his relationship with some of the players. And I'm not saying that he doesn't get along with those players, but his um, honesty was in question a couple of times on the tour. He did have a, a good relationship with Jordan Spieth a couple of right across back. They were a good team together. They, they won. I think they were undefeated at some point, but again, that soured. And um, those two guys weren't getting getting along. So we had to separate those guys. And uh, I just don't think he matches up with the other guys on the team this year. I mean, I can't see him playing with a Murakawa. You know, a soft-spoken guy that just likes, you know, like to, likes to be friendly with everyone and doesn't want any drama. I can't see him matching up with um, Spieth, of course. And we don't need to put him around any strong personalities like Kepka, who may get frustrated by some of the things that Patrick does during his round of play. So we don't, we're missing Phil Mickelson and Patrick Reed this year, the USA side. And I think that the squad that we have is very capable of winning the Ryder Cup. Now, with that said, um, the European side, they do have the number one player in the world, John Rahm. However, I think that the European side is, uh, I don't want to say, I'll just use the word mature. Because they have Lee Westwood on their side. They have Garcia. I just think that that team's a little, is, you know, a little older than the USA side. Um, they do have some young players there. Victor Hovland is a good player. I think he's going to bring a lot to the, to the team. Rory is in the middle. I still look at him as a young player, but he's been around for a while. So I would kind of put him in the middle between a mid-range, middle-aged player. And I'm not saying his age-wise, he's a middle-aged person. I'm saying as it relates to golf, he's in the middle of the field as it relates to age. So I think um, that could be, that could hinder them somewhat or it could help them. Because I think having some maturity on the team is always a good thing to have. I think the Americans going to be suffering from that, um, especially with some of the relationship issues we have on our side. And we'll talk about that in a few. But I think that it can help them if they utilize that as far as Lee Westwood experience and Garcia's experience, and you know that'll motivate them to try to get a you know victory on foreign turf, which is here in the U.S. Um, Getting back to our side, we do have some issues on our side as well. We had Bryson DeChambeau and we had Brooks Kepka on the same team. <sighs> I think that's going to be a lot for Stricker to handle. I was hoping, I was hoping that Tiger would make an appearance as a captain co-captain or something to kind of 
assist Steve Stricker with keeping that relationship as it relates to the team intact. However, I did hear through the grapevine that Tiger's going to do some kind of pregame speech. But the question is, will those guys play together? Would it be wise to play, put them together? I mean, this is Kepka and DeChambeau I'm talking about here. Because maybe they can draw some of that negative energy and turn it into a positive energy, work as a team, and get it done. And go undefeated throughout the Ryder Cup. So if Steve Stricker was to do that, I couldn't blame him. I think that would be, at least on the first day, if things are close, you have to try. Because if you don't get that, well, hopefully they, they're going to figure it out before the Ryder Cup. But if they don't figure it out before the Ryder Cup, I'm hoping that during play, that, you know, just the, the drive and, you know, the loyalty to the country is trying to win, as far as trying to win the Ryder Cup, those guys are going to let bygones be bygones, work through it. And hopefully um, pull out a victory together, which will help sow their relationship together. Uh, we'll see. Again, that's just my my hope. The European side, those guys never, ever have a problem with working as a team. They never have a problem with working together. And what's interesting to me is that those guys are from multiple countries. But when they ride a cup comes along, they play as one country, one team. And the USA, which is really one country, we're, we're not, we don't have any players from Canada or whatever playing on the team. These guys are straight from USA and we have all the divisions and we have to create pods to, to bond the, the team together. Um, so I guess that shows um, the division within the USA and the multiple personalities. Um, that it's hard for us to try to do things as a collective, as a team. But again, hopefully, things will go smoothly and we can eke out a victory. I watched the Solheim Cup a couple of weeks ago and what I saw there was exactly what I'm predicting that I'm probably going to see here, but I'm hoping for a different outcome. Because in the Solheim Cup, I noticed that we had Lexi and Nelly and, you know, Jessica. We had a lot of length on our side. They hit the ball very far. I think, however, the Europeans, ladies, those ladies hit the ball far. But not only that, their short game was impeccable. Their putting was phenomenal. I mean, it was a thing to watch, a thing of beauty. And that's why they pulled out the victory against the USA ladies. Good tournament. I enjoy, always enjoy watching the Solheim Cup. Unfortunately, those ladies weren't able to have their fans here to scream and yell and support them um, like the Americans did. But it, obviously it wasn't a factor because those ladies still pulled out the victory. And I'm hoping that that's the case for the USA men. However, from what I saw in uh, social on social media and through the press, I think that the European men are actually going to have their fans here. 
They're going to have their fans here as rowdy as can be, singing their songs, doing their chants. And I think that's going to help motivate those guys. So by no means do I think this is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to go to the wire between these two teams. I mean, this can be a country bonding experience if we choose to make it that. Or if those two personalities, those two strong personalities that I mentioned earlier, Kepka and DeChambeau, for some reason, doesn't work this thing out. And you can see it apparent on the course. If it's apparent that they're not getting along, I think that's going to mess up the team chemistry. That's what I think. So, some people were hoping and praying that, and I don't know why, because Kepka I think is a good player, and hoping that maybe if Kepka didn't play, we can replace him with another player. That's what some people are hoping for. But I saw some pre-Ryder Cup practice between the two and it seemed as though they're trying to put it aside for the team and work together and I think the media is hyping up this thing hopefully that it'll spill over into something but I hope it turns out to be nothing and I hope these guys work through it and end up pulling out this victory as a team bringing this country back together bringing the Ryder Cup to us and hopefully um, bonding their personal relationships at the same time. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see if that happens. On the European side, I think that's a strong team. I think Lee Westwood is playing pretty good this year. Uh, well, we're in a new season, but he was playing good at the end of the last year, last year's season. So I think he's going to do well. I think Garcia is somewhere in the middle of the road. He can be another Ian Poulter. And I think maybe he'll probably play it like a second Ian Poulter. He'll, he'll pick up his um, encouragement, his vibe um, to lift the team up. He'll be more of a, he's going to play, but I think he'll be more of a supportive, I don't want to call a guy a cheerleader, but um, him and Poulter will hype up their crowd, hype up their players. To try to get them over the hump. I think that's the strategy on their side. Is to try to motivate those young guys on their side. And pump them up like the European teams of the past. That's what I think is going to happen with those guys. With Garcia and Westwood. Um, I think that Victor Hovland, of course. He's right there with um, Morikawa, Colin, and um, Xander. He's that type of player. He can get hot and run down a whole streak of birdies. And that's going to be interesting to see if he'll be matched up between against one of those guys. Between um, Xander and Colin. Um, it'll be very interesting to watch that as well. Also, I think that um, Shane Lowry... Who kind of just eked in. I don't know if you guys watched the BMW, BMW Championship last week. 
and he was planning to get in and he got in. So that could be a motivating factor for him is to pick it up during the Ryder Cup. He did win the British Open. Um, I forgot we can't call it British Open anymore. He did win the Open a couple years and he actually held it for two years because of uh, the pandemic. So maybe he will be motivated and he'll play a pretty good Ryder Cup. He still had Bern Wiesberger. He plays the majority of his tournaments in the European Tour. If there's something uh, for the top 50 players, like the Players' Championship or some kind of world, you know, world championship, he normally he, he would normally play uh, on this side of the pond. But the majority of his play is on the European Tour. I watched their tour as well, and he's a pretty good player. So look out for Bern Wiesberger. Uh, do I have to say anything about John Rahm? I don't think I have to. This big guy can hit the ball just as far as Brooks or DeChambeau. He has a phenomenal short game, and he's a very good putter. He's an excellent putter. So I think that's going to be a very interesting. I think they'll probably match him up against DJ. Um, his team will probably go against DJ's team because of the battle they had last year, which was pretty epic. Um, but John Rahm is gonna be a thorn in the USA side during the Ryder Cup. Not only because of his play, but he's a very emotional player. And I think his emotions will also motivate the European squad. Normally we tell John to calm down, try to keep his motion intact, but this is where he get free reign to let out his emotions. And I think he will do that. And he will try his best to not just win his matches, but to encourage his teammates to win their matches as well. So we really have to be concerned from the USA side, John Rahm play and John Rahm's emotions because that can push the European side over the top. When you have a John Rahm and an Ian Poulter and a Sergio Garcia on the same team, that's like having players slash co-captains on your team. Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to co-captain their players and they're going to play with them and during the matches. And to me, that's a double-edged sword. Double-edged sword, I'm sorry. My son always correct me with that word. Double-edged sword, and I think that uh, those guys and their emotions can motivate the European squad. Tommy Fleetwood, another great putter. The guy's a very good putter. And I think that his skill is going to be much needed. He has a pretty good short game, a good iron player. I'm telling you guys, the European side is stacked. Don't let the names fool you. These guys are built for this. They're built for the Ryder Cup. Not only do they have Tommy Fleetwood, they have Matt Fitzpatrick. To me, his style of play is more like Burger. They play similarly. They're pretty efficient players. He stays to himself. Um, to me, I think his 
short game is not as strong as it should be. And I think his putting is not as sharp as it could be. But don't sleep on Matt Fitzpatrick. Paul Casey, need I say more? Again, another mature player on their side. But also a player with many skills. This guy... I mean, they have a lot of motivating players in their squad. That's why I say their team chemistry, just on paper, looks a lot better than our team chemistry. Yeah, Paul Casey, a.k.a. Popeye Arms. <laughs> uh, the guy's good. I think he should have won more tournaments in the PGA, but we had players like Tiger and Phil who got in his way. And then after that, then you had DJ. So... This guy was kind of, you know, pushed back by those talents, the talents of those other guys. But I, I mean, I got to tell you, this guy's a good player. And again, last but not least, Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton. Now, if you guys are avid golfers, you're a true golf fan, fan of the sport, You'll know who Terrell Hatton is. He's a Brit. He's an emotional, emotional Brit. He wears his emotions on his sleeves, on his collar, on the front of his shirt. This guy will... He's, he's entertaining to watch. He talks out loud to himself. He throws things. And it's not all in malice. He's just, he's just an emotional player. If you think John Ron was emotional... If you thought Ian Poulter is emotional, this guy is all of those guys times 10. Speaking of Terrell Hatton, I mean, he's going to hurl some clubs. And if he if he's winning, the other team's definitely going to know about it. If he sinks a, a dramatic putt, every, the fans, everyone's going to know about it. So I look forward to watching Terrell Hatton expresses emotion on the course. So if you listen to what I just said there, when I mentioned these guys, most of the time my word describing these guys was very emotional, and that's a lot of players on that team. But those, I'm going to go back. Those key players that are pretty fiery would be John Rahm, Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, Terrell Hatton. Those are the firecrackers on their side. Who's the low-key ease players? Matt Fitzpatrick. I would say Rory. Victor Hovland. Those guys are the subdued players, but the, the most efficient players. Right? I'm not saying we don't have any on our side, on the USA side. So on the USA side, so you just recall, I just said all these emotional players on their side, who who the fiery guys on their side, and who are the the low-key guys but efficient on the European side. So let's go back to the USA side. On the USA side, fiery. You have Bryson DeChambeau. Fiery. You have Brooks Kepka. Uh, I think that's almost that's about it. Who else do we have that's fiery? That's it. 
that's all we have thus far, you guys. If we had Patrick Reed, I could have said Patrick Reed, but we don't have Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Who are the low-key, low-emotional guys? They don't show a lot of emotions. We have a lot of those on our side. Okay, Patrick Cantley. A guy that doesn't show much emotions. And of course. Dustin Johnson. A guy that doesn't show much emotion while he's playing golf. Scotty Scheffler. A guy that doesn't show much emotions. Tony Finau. A guy that doesn't show much emotions. Daniel Berger. Another guy that doesn't show much emotions. Harry English. A guy that doesn't show much emotions. Colin Murakawa, I would say he's... He shows a little bit more emotion than the guys that I just listed. Jordan Spieth. Can be fiery. Definitely talks to himself. So, I'll go two and a half for us as, as it relates to fiery. We have Bryson DeChambeau. And we have Brooks Kepka. And I'll give Jordan Spieth a half of a fiery. So we have two and a half fiery guys on our side. In the European side, they, those guys have about four to five fiery guys on their side. I'm not saying that fiery is good. I'm just saying that as far as, you know, motivation and excitement, it's definitely going to come from the European side. Efficiency, accurate play may come from the USA side. But which will win? Will the fiery emotions, screaming and yelling from the European side overtop the calm and collective, experienced, talented USA side? Those two different dynamics. It's sort of like what we saw in the FedEx Cup between Patrick Cantley and John Rahm. I mean, those guys were two different players. Again, one fiery and emotional, and the other one is cool and calm and collective. That's going to be the dynamics of the Ryder Cup. The cool and calm and collective Americans against the fiery Europeans. I think what's going to play a big part in this is going to be the setup of the course. Whistling Straits is going to be set up, hopefully, in a way that our long hitters, because we have a lot of bombers on our side, that they can actually utilize their length to win their matches. But with that said, it doesn't mean that because we're playing here, we're going to have the home field advantage. Because everyone that knows Whistling Straits knows that it's set up like those European type of courses. It's not set up like the traditional courses you see in California with the trees and the wide fairways. Whistling Straits is set up pretty much like the courses you see in the old country. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a Lynx style course. It's not, definitely not a Lynx style course, but it's, it's set up European style. 
So I don't think that's going to be an advantage for for us because of that way that, the way the course is set up. A lot of fescue grass, a lot of weird bunkers, a lot of weird bunkers, and Dustin Johnson can definitely confirm that from what he went through a few years back. By he lost a major that way, not not knowing a bunker uh, or what's not a bunker and what is a bunker, and that cost him a major. So don't look at it in the traditional way that we deal with other rider cups where we say, hey, we plan in America. Our guys should have the home field advantage. I don't think that's necessarily true. Because again, Whistling Straits is a course with a lot of fescue grass and it almost looks like a European style course. So depending on how they cut the grass, the way things are set up, uh, it could be to the Europeans' advantage, and hopefully that's not the case. But I think, again, that's another um, reason why this is going to be so interesting because looking at that style course and inviting the Europeans over to our side, it's going to, be, it's going to almost be like a, 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 a away game but a home game for the Europeans. I think that it will be that way. It's not set up like a traditional American style course. It's set up like a European style course. So we'll see how that shakes out as far as the course and how the players handle the course. Of course, I think the greens will be fast. Um, that plays to the Americans side. The USA players, especially a lot of the young guys that's out, coming out now, and we do have a young team. They're used to playing on very fast greens. You know, they, they start them off in college that way. And the PGA definitely keeps the green pretty speedy. Unless we get rain or something to that effect. But the Americans are used to putting on fast greens. Even on the European tour, the greens are not that fast. Most of the greens on the European side are not set up for speed. I'm not going to compare it to you, you know, your municipal courses throughout the country, USA. But... The greens are not fast on the European side, and that could be an advantage for the USA side. I think it will be, but we'll see. Because a lot of those PGA players, um, other than other than, than Weisberger, I think Garcia and Westwood and those guys are kind of used to playing on our side, on our type of green. Um, there's not... Strictly, I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick may suffer a little bit. Weisberger might suffer a little bit. But the majority of the players on their side will be able to handle it, I think. But it would be, like I say, a small advantage to the USA side, the speed of the greens. I know I mentioned earlier that Phil will not be there as a player. But Phil will be there as a vice captain. So he'll be uh, sharing his knowledge of the Ryder Cup and his knowledge as a PGA player with the USA side. And again, Tiger would not be there this year as a vice captain. I think Tiger's saving his surprise for when he's ready to come back out to actually play. So he's staying away from the game and he's rehabbing himself and getting prepared for his career and comeback whenever that may happen. But getting back to the Ryder Cup, and I wanna briefly discuss uh, the Ryder Cup trophy. Personally, the Ryder Cup, I think that cup needs to be, <laughs> I think that cup needs to be um, retired 
And I think we need to come up with a more interesting cup. Just my opinion. I mean, I know it's, it's small looking. It looks to me like something that you win at a local um, country club championship. I mean, I know it's a lot of history behind this cup. It's been around for years. But I think it needs to be revamped. Just like they did with the Players' Championship. Remember in the Players' Championship, we used to get that, I think it was uh, like a crystal and it had a little player inside or whatever and they, do, they revamped the trophy for the Players' Championship. I think they need to revamp the Ryder Cup. I know that's probably not a popular statement because people like tradition, they like history. But I'm not saying, I mean, put it in the museum, put it in the golf museum, send it to St. Augustine. Um, I just don't think that, I think they should come up with something a little better for the for the Ryder Cup. Just to make it a little, you know, something not too gawky, too big, but something that looks worth playing for. And again, I know I'm going to catch heat for that because I'm not saying that that Ryder Cup isn't not worth playing for. Like I say, there's a lot of history behind it. Um, but maybe we can make a, a replica of that called the new Ryder Cup and make it a little bigger. It's just this little small cup that they're passing back and forth. And I know it's not about the cup itself. It's about winning, you know, for your country. But I think we need to revamp that Ryder Cup. Let me, let me know what you think about that. Hit me up at Talk at gmail.com and let me know what you think about that statement as far as changing up changing up the cup changing that cup up to something I think should be more suitable or worth playing for other than playing for your country I think that's the best thing that everyone's playing for but again I think the, the cup should be upgraded that's all I'm saying I know the player's going to get something individual or metal or whatever they normally get for their side especially if they win. But I think the cup should be upgraded. Again, it's just my personal opinion. So, be ready this week, guys, to look at the Ryder Cup. Let me know how you feel about it. I mean, it's going to be very exciting. It's tough because I know we have football back this week. And my Ravens beat. I have to get this in there. I had to plug that. My Ravens beat the Kansas City Chiefs finally. So I'm hoping that the USA team will pull out a victory as well and cap off another good week, for me at least, have my team win and having the USA win the Ryder Cup. Hats off to the European ladies for winning the Soham Cup again, back-to-back. I thought we were going to get it because we had a lot of length, Um, but sometimes you can't just win by length. You have to have a good short game. And I think we have some players on our side that have pretty good short games. Um, but we have a lot of good, talented, talented players on our side. Everyone knows that Thomas, Justin Thomas is a great player. Everyone thought Spieth was going to be the breakout between the two. And Spieth did his, did his thing when he first came up. But I think that... I think that Justin Thomas is a lot better 
player as far as staying composed in the moment and getting it done in Jordan's speech. Yeah, Jordan get out there, he starts talking to himself, he starts talking to his caddy. And um, I'm hoping that Jordan can keep it together this week. And I'm hoping that Justin Thomas, they probably put those two guys together, especially since Patrick Reed isn't going to be playing. So they, you probably see those guys matched up. Um, I don't know who Brooks going to play with either. Probably Brooks and... Well, you can't well, you can put him with DJ. But I don't know if you will see those two guys together. Because they're both big hitters. And we can use that length with another match, with another team. So they'll probably separate all the big hitters and have them on separate teams. You'll probably see Kepka, DeChambeau, DJ, and Finau play along with players like Berger, Spieth, Justin Thomas, probably um, Colin. Um, you'll probably see those big hitters matched up with those guys. I don't think you'll see a Finau and a DJ or a DJ and a Kepka or DeChambeau and a Finau. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to put length with length. It'll, you probably want to put your length players with your strong iron players. So when you do four ball, um, I think that'll balance the team out a little better. So separate the length. Put them with the finesse players, and I think that'll be the strong suit for the USA side. I think if the course is set up long, I think that's going to affect the European side. Other than John Rahm, I don't know who on the US on the European side will be able to handle the length of the American players as far as getting the ball out there. Um, so I think they're. You know, their strategy would probably be to be more finesse player. They get it out there long enough, but they're definitely going to be hitting different irons into the green as it relates to um, their big hitters compared to our big hitters. I think we I think we have them by a long shot when it comes down to distance. However, I think it's going to boil down to iron play. Iron play is definitely going to be a big factor. Iron play and accuracy. I think that Fleetwood is a pretty accurate iron player. I think that Fitzpatrick is probably a good iron player. Um, who else on the side? Garcia is definitely a good iron player, a great iron player. Um, so they're going to probably finesse their way around the course when it comes down to strategy. They're not going to try to out-hit the Americans because that will just be a wasted effort. So... We're going to have to see how this plays out. It's going to be a tough match. And I think all those different dynamics that I mentioned with you have emotional players against finesse players, acquired players. You have long hitters against good iron players. I mean, there's so many different things there to watch and look at in this year's Ryder Cup. The course, I think, is like I say, is normally is set up to your side or to your country. But I think that our course this year is going to be in between the traditional American style course and the European style course with the fescue and the pop bunkers everywhere with Whistling Straits. I mean, not just pop bunkers. Whistling Straits has over a thousand bunkers on the course. I think it was like 1,012. So that's a lot of bunkers. So that's what I mean by this would not be a traditional 
American style course. So I think that's going to balance out the home field advantage as it relates to the course. I think that it's going to all boil down to the team dynamics and how well the USA match up with the European teams. Um, that's going to be the key factor for pulling out a victory here. I think if the Americans work as a team and use their strong suits, they'll definitely pull out the, the victory. It, I don't think it would be as close as it could be if the Americans do that, but I think that that's going to be a, a problem. I don't see how you can throw all that water under the bridge right before the Ryder Cup. Hopefully they will be able to work through things, but I think that that's going to be what everyone's going to be looking at on the American side. How are the Americans getting along? And I think the Europeans are going to say, let's just keep the ball in play and use our strength, our iron players, our short game, and try to pull out this victory. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. And that's pretty much a wrap of our discussion this week about the Ryder Cup. That's all I'll say. Um, pick your side. Enjoy watching it. Make sure you tune in and catch every day of the Ryder Cup. We're going to get to see this every two years. Again, you guys can hit me up. SlidesGolfTalk at gmail.com. I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening to Slides Golf Talk. And I'll see you guys or I'll be putting out another episode next week. Take care, everyone. Hit them straight.